Welcome to Road to Billions Podcast, the mentality of an entrepreneur. With your host, Moise Bertrand. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is your host, Moist Petrano, Road to Business Podcast, and also we have Mr. Daniels. Dr. Daniels, how you doing today? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Smart Capital Conversations. That's what we're doing today. It's going to be a collab, Road to Building Smart Capital Conversations. Um, you know, we always talk about real estate all the time, Mr. Daniels, but you know, you're the very much the most intelligent person I know who's actually dominating the industry right now as we speak in the flesh. So we want to talk about what's going on in Tallahassee, the whole development, and how could we get more people involved into real estate and the mentorship? Right. So well, one of the things that people don't realize, so th- there's a there's a saying in real estate, right? It's called red ocean and blue ocean, okay. right? So l- 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 let me give you a quiz, right? Let me okay. ask you a question. <laughs> what would make an ocean turn red? Uh, what, red dye? Okay. What what could red dye come from? I don't know, man. This is <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna this a pop quiz, right? I, I did not prep them for this, right? So it, it comes from blood. Okay. Right? Yeah, okay. So a red ocean is a place where there's competition, okay. right? Where people are fighting for the same deals, right? So you're fighting, 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 fighting for the same deals. And what does that do? It drives the prices up, mm. right? So what investors want to do is you want to find what we call a blue ocean, okay. right? So a blue ocean is an area where there's no sharks. There's no anything else. There's no fighting. It's just lots of opportunities. And what that's what Tallahassee is. Smooth Tallahassee selling. is a blue ocean, right? It's smooth selling, right? Because not that many people know about the city. Right, I mean, Tallahassee. You know, we think about we think about Florida. What do you think about Miami, Orlando? Orlando yeah, maybe Tampa, maybe Jacksonville, maybe. But Tallahassee <laughs> is certainly not going to be the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of Florida, right? Yeah. So most people from you know other areas from outside outside the country, their Tallahassee is not really on the radar, even though it's the capital, right? right? So that's what makes Tallahassee somewhat of an anomaly, right? Is that they have Tallahassee has three things. And four and about to be four, but three things that are crucial on making a real estate market a great market. Can you tell us about that? So let's talk about this, right? The state capital. Okay. Right? So the state capital of the state of Florida is based in Tallahassee, right? Right. So Florida's the third largest state in the country, one of the fastest growing states in the country. Tons and tons of money coming in, right? And all that money's coming through right here in the capital city, right? So you got the state capital. So those are permanent jobs that aren't going anywhere, right? Then you have Florida State University, yep. right? Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of students growing and growing and growing every year, not going anywhere, right? Then you have FAMU, right? Number uh, one FAMU. HBCU in the, in the nation, um, growing and growing and growing and growing. That's not going anywhere, right? right? Then on top of that, let's also add in TCC. TCC is one of the largest community colleges in the country, right? So you have those institutions, right, that have been here for hundreds of years, that have what we call permanent, pretty much recession-proof jobs, right? 
So that's what makes Tallahassee a great market is the fact that they have there is so much job, so many jobs here that are permanent that aren't going anywhere no matter what happens. Right. We were driving, you know, before we got here, and we were just talking about, you know, um, we seen the land development deals going on over there on Gaines Street. We seen so many things going on. The new, the target they just put in, um, and you talked about the cookout. So when we see the city having all these developments and you know new infrastructures being built. What is that saying for potential investors um, that's luring them into the city? What is that trying to tell them? So that's what you should do. You want to follow the money, right? So when Chick-fil-A is opening up an office or Starbucks or Target or Cookout or, you know, whatever, Canes, you know, those places, when they when they open up an office, it's because they've done their research, right? Right. So they know that, okay, this is a good market and we're going to we're gonna be likely to make money here. So we want to open it, right? Then on top of that, whenever those places open – Guess what? People want to live next to Starbucks. They want to live next to Target. So now you want to start investing near those areas. So investors should just follow big corporations. If you can get ahead of them, that's great. But at the at the bare minimum, at least follow them to to put your money in a safe place. Right. So with the investors, um, you know, we always talk about Tallahassee just sure. being a great city of five, ten years from now. There's going to be a lot of millionaires being made just because you know the value and the gentrification going on. Yep. So. What is a reasonable amount of money someone should come to Tallahassee with when they're looking to purchase some investment property, like some capital? Right. So just depending on, you know, if you're going to be using uh, loans and leverage. So if someone has about $20,000, I think you, you can get started in a city like Tallahassee, right? So the houses here, we still, you know, we're still blessed, Yeah. right? We're still able to buy houses under 100000 right? Go to Miami and try to find a house for under 100000 They're going to laugh at you, and Find right? land for hundred. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Pieces of land are selling for a hundred thousand right now, right? So the fact that there's still a lot of houses under a hundred thousand, a lot of houses under two hundred thousand, shows that there's great opportunity. Because basically, those houses that you're buying today, and this is why I tell everybody, people think it's crazy, but you know, talk to like your aunts, your uncles, you know, people who are a little bit older than you. Those same houses that used to sell for seventy-five thousand, eighty thousand, ninety thousand dollars in Miami are now four hundred and five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. So what I'm saying is that same thing is going to happen in Tallahassee eventually as the population grows and as the economy grows. So now you have a chance to be, now you have a chance to go back to the 90s in Miami, right? And and if you could go back in the 90s in Miami, of course you would buy a property, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So everyone would, right? We, we would buy as much as we could. Right. So we're in that same moment in Tallahassee, right? So now you get a chance to buy before it takes off. So now you get to, now you get to get that generational wealth as their values increase. Do you feel like a lot of people, um, <clears throat> this is just a two-part question. Do you feel like a lot of people, the first part, do you feel like a lot of people are afraid to invest in cities they don't live in? And then the second part, why should someone even consider Tallahassee when there's hundreds of other cities in the country? Absolutely. So being concerned or worried about investing out of state or out of town is a legitimate concern, right? Yeah. But that's why it's important to have a team, right? So one of the things that, you know we talk about, we'll talk about more as we go along in the episode, we do that for everyone, right? So we basically kind of connect you with the contractors, with the property managers, with everything. We're, we're going to walk you through the, through the process step by step. Now, if you didn't have that, that would be difficult, right? Exactly, it would yeah. be difficult to invest out of town, but we make that simple for you. Um, what was the second part of the question? Uh, the second part, um, since Tallahassee is one of those cities we try to get people to invest into, why should someone invest in Tallahassee when there's hundreds of other cities to invest in? Right, because the growth potential, right? Because we're still, like I said, for me, if I see a house, if I see a house in a growing economy that's under a hundred thousand, I'm buying it. Yeah. Just because I know that you're not going to be able to buy houses for under a hundred thousand anywhere, you know, uh, in the next couple of years. So, you know, because there's so many houses that 
the rental rates, the rental rates here, the fixing fixing flip rates here, they're all such great returns. Eventually, money's going to start. Big money's going to start moving here, right? So let's just use for example, right? Most of the investment funds are kind of like hedge funds and whatnot. They started off just buying property in South Florida, yeah, right. Now they moved to um, Orlando, Tampa, like kind of those areas, right? And now the next one they've been in really big is Jacksonville, mm. right? Now what's the next big city, you know, uh, after Jacksonville? It's gonna be Tallahassee, right? right. And and what's gonna what's gonna bring them here is Amazon, right? So I don't know if anybody came in on I ten or anyone's driven on driven in on I ten lately. There's a big, huge Amazon factory that's getting ready to open, right? If it's not already open now. And there's another one that they're actually building on the other side of Capital Circle as well. And also another thing on top of that is the airport is expanding, mm. right? So one of the we biggest complaints, that. we talked about that before, right? Yep. One of the biggest complaints you get in Tallahassee, all oh, the flights, the flights, the flights. <laughs> it's only three terminals. Exactly, right? It's a small, I mean, it's a small town, you know? But now you got a nonstop flight, you know, another, they're adding another nonstop flight with JetBlue from Tallahassee to, uh, I think, Fort Lauderdale, yeah. right? That's going to make a big difference because now if I'm a fund manager, if I'm an investor and I'm and I'm based in South Florida, I can just get up in the morning, get on a plane, fly up to Tallahassee, take care of some business, bam, gone the same day, right? And just many other business opportunities will come from that, right? Um, so one of the things that, that I want to emphasize is that the infrastructure to build is here. And once you start seeing that, that's when you want to get in before it's too late. Right. Definitely, definitely. And that's um that's some great points, Mr. Daniel. You kinda of touched everything, um, allowing everybody to understand and a little briefing about Tallahassee and why should they even come into Tallahassee. But you know, you we want to go back to that first question we talked about, that twenty grand that someone yep. could actually have put aside to invest. Now, let's just say I only have ten grand, right? Sure. But I seen this property in Tallahassee, I really want to buy it and it's a little bit over my budget. You being someone who's already an experienced and seasoned investor, what would your plans would be in order for me to execute a house that I only have ten grand on with? Would you expect me to partner? Or how would you go about that? Let's lay the foundation for people listening. Sure. So for a lot of people, you know, they may not have all the money to do their first deals. So what we encourage them to do is do joint ventures. Right. Right. So whether it be with you know with us or whether it be with some other you know trusted friends or family. But do joint ventures, and this is this is one thing I really want to emphasize because. And can you talk about joint ventures? What is that for? Those sure. So a joint venture is where people bring their money together and buy a property together. Okay. Right. So a lot of times people are like, "Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that," and then they don't do any deals. Right. So, would you rather have one hundred percent of nothing, or ten percent of something? Ten percent. Exactly. Right. So a lot a lot of times people are missing out on a lot of deals because they don't want to joint venture with other people. Um, and that's something that's very sad, right? So if you have 10 grand, right, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to wait three years to save up another 10 grand um, and then try to buy a house, and then by the time you try to buy a house, it costs more now. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You're going to so, need 40 grand. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you're going to keep – and that's that's literally – and I'm glad you said that, right, because that's literally what I see happening to people every day. Yeah. They're like, okay, no, nah, I'm going to save up a little bit more money, but every year that you keep trying to wait, the prices of the real estate is going to keep going up, so you're losing your return. So it's better to take that money, form joint ventures, work with other people, and then get into your first deals because nothing's more valuable than experience. Yeah, definitely experience. Do you recommend for what what would be a great age for someone to even start investing or learning about real estate? I know everybody may not want to go the college route. Sure. For all my listeners and out there, I know high school students, they listen. 
what is some ways they could get into real estate if they don't have the money um, necessarily? Absolutely. So, you know, for, 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 for the younger audience or people who don't have, a, have any money or, or just very little money, the best way to get into is wholesaling. Right. Right. So just finding deals. Right. You can just be a deal finder, what we call an acquisition specialist. Right. Yeah. In, in, in the Fancy kind of word. fire word, higher <laughs> word, right? Fancy so word. some people say wholesalers, some people say acquisitions, right? Yep. So most people, when they first get involved in real estate, you put them in acquisitions. So finding a deal, right? So it doesn't matter. You can be 10 and find a deal, right? Um, and it's all about, you know, what, what you'll find is what's really, this was really interesting about wholesaling. We haven't talked about this much, is that a lot of people, when they first start out wholesaling, they're actually able to find deals within their own network. Yeah. Right. Oh, I got a cousin. I got a family member who wants to has a house. We want to get rid of. Da, da, da. You'd be surprised. I guarantee you, you could probably find four or five deals just within your own family and inner family circle. Right. So let's just hypothetically say you found three or four deals of people who just know you, friends and family. You you ain't competing with the open market, right? Yep. And let's say you made let's just say let's say ten grand from each one of those deals. Yep. That's forty thousand dollars. Now you're ready to go start investing. Right, get an apartment, so, do anything you want. Right, that I mean, you're ready, right? So it doesn't really take much. You just have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Right. So you know that, that's one of the things with, with our mentorship, right? So we focus on a lot of different things. So we have a, we have a, we have a path for people who are already ready to start investing, right? Like, look, I'm ready to start investing right now. Bam, we're gonna put you right on deals. For those who are not, we also have a, a component of our mentorship that focuses in on wholesaling. Yep. Right. So remember today with Jose and other people like that, we went around um, talking about different uh, different deals and Give how to gems. them. Right. Exactly. Right. So what I'm saying is, there's the, we have a mentorship program for everybody, no matter where you are. So no matter what age you are, you can get involved and learn how to wholesale. Yeah. Is the wholesaling only um, the mentorship program? Like, what else comes with it? Am I going to be able to learn how to be a realtor if I don't want to be a wholesaler? Am I going to learn how to learn appraisal or contract? Would be would you be able to connect me to those people in this mentorship program? Absolutely. So whatever whatever path you want to go, right? So so we use wholesaling as a way to generate money, yeah. right? Because I don't encourage people to do anything that doesn't make money at some point, right? So if, if you are if you are investing in your education, you're investing in yourself there should be some way to make money. So wholesaling is one of those ways, right? But then after that, if you want to go ahead and become a real estate agent or if you want to become an inspector, you want to become uh, you know, a, a syndicator or a variety of other careers, uh, those, those are also available for you. And we'll show you how to do that. Definitely. So quick question, Mr. Dan. This might be more so on a personal level, but when you started real estate, what title would you have given yourself when you first started? Were you a realtor? Were you a contractor? Like, tell people about you and your background a little bit. So when I, when I first started, I was an agent. Okay. Right? So I was a real estate agent, and I did new construction sales. That was my area of, of specific expertise. Okay. So I worked for, um, when I first started in real estate, I got my license. And then I was working for a brokerage who was working for a developer who did a new development project. Where was this, Tallahassee or not? It was in Tallahassee, but... In Wakulla, so right, okay. right, right outside of Tallahassee, so down in Wakulla Gardens, that okay. was the area, Wakulla Springs. So what I did was essentially I just went to open houses like every Sunday, yep. um, and people came and looked at new construction houses, and I took them around to different ones and just learned the sales process. So I started in real estate on the sales side. Okay. Um, so that, that was my introduction into real estate. Would you recommend anybody who's looking to get into real estate to? Because I know you taught me really great about sales. Like yeah. I feel like I sell anything. But yeah. <laughs> for anybody who's looking to get into real estate, do you feel like sales is the foundation of any 
Yeah, it's so, any business deal. So sales is great, right? But you know what I'm saying is you have to have the personality for it, right? Some people don't want to talk to people. They don't want to deal with people. This, that, and the other. So if that's you, there's other ways. But I would suggest for anyone who doesn't who doesn't kind of mind that and is ready to kind of push themselves past some of their perceived limitations, sales is the number one way because once you learn how to sell, then you'll never be broke again. Exactly. You can sell anything. Jay-Z talk about that. Yep. But do you feel like um, a lot of people who they may underestimate their capabilities and right. get into real estate because it's, it seems so far-fetched. When we right. talk about 100,000, people are like, oh, shit, uh, yeah, yeah, six yeah. figures. So right, right, right. How, do you, how do you get your mindset up to thinking bigger? Because we, we was talking about that building yeah. apartments and everything. How yeah. do you get your mindset to that level? You just have to believe that you can do it. Right, so so one one thing I always say is, look, if someone else can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Right, and that's not taken away from them. It's just that that person's a, a human being, just like I'm a human being. Correct. Right. So the only difference between me and them is that they put in the work, and I haven't yet. Right. So if you want to be a real estate agent, you want to be in sales, you want to be in anything, and you want to you know scale up into a higher level, you just have to get next to people who are like that and see what are they doing. Yeah. Right. And that's why we created the mentorship program to demystify it. Right. So people can see me just I'm just a regular person, just like everybody else, but see me out doing multi-million dollar deals, doing this, doing that, doing this. And it, what it does is it takes away all the the it just demystifies it. Yeah. Right. So now you know that, look, if you do the same thing I did, you're going to make the same money I'm making. Right. And be able to do the same deals that I'm doing. I try to tell everybody I come in contact with that. I said, I don't try to reinvent no wheel. Right. I no. try to keep. <laughs> Mr. Daniels told me to do this. I follow Mr. Daniels. They're like, oh, man, you follow Mr. Daniels. I'm like, he's, he's been successfully doing it for, you know, years. So right. I feel like that's the best thing to do. So when you're bringing somebody into real estate, what is one of the main things you try to speak into them um, to get them, you know, acclimated to real estate and not just trying to bombard them too much with too much detail? I mean, the, the biggest thing is just understanding why, yeah. right? Why would you buy this house? Why would you live in this house, Right. And just understanding that, I mean, that's just the core of, of, of anything, right? So if you look at any any of your properties, right, you should say, you should be able to say in your head, who is the type of person that would live there? Why would they want to live there? And why would they be willing to pay that much? Right. Right. Or if you're selling a house, same thing, right? So you have to understand your property, right? So you're, you're selling, you're somewhat, you're, part of it is selling the house, but the majority of it, it really is selling your neighborhood. Yeah. Right. You're really selling the location and the lifestyle that comes with living in that neighborhood, right? So what is that worth, right? So if I have a house that's in the suburbs, or let, let, me, use, let me use the flats for an example, right? Okay, okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the flats, right? So the flats are apartments right next to the school university, right? And that's the ones you just re, um, yeah. re, fr- renovated. Fr- fresh renovated, freshly renovated. So freshly renovated, everything brand new, everything nice, right? But it's not necessarily the apartments that I feel like is the selling point. It's the location, All right? Right. You can walk to top flight, right? You can walk to the gym. You can walk to campus. You can walk to the band practice field. Uh, if you live in that neighborhood or if you're from that neighborhood, you can walk to the corner stores. You can walk to, you know, this, that, and the other. So it, it's convenient for so many different types of people. And that's why the demand for that property is so high. Um, so that's really what you want to understand. You want to understand what we call your demand drivers mm-hmm. and what makes someone really like your property and want your property. So then, then you know when you're getting the deal and when you're not getting the deal. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I definitely, I definitely want to agree on that because you did teach us about due diligence. Mm-hmm. You taught us a lot about due diligence. You taught us about, you taught us about like checking the property assessor website on the city. You know, making sure you're actually paying for what the price is worth, yep. or if not less. Um, and shout out to Kyle. You know, Kyle just recently just um, did a great sale on the multifamily right across the street from yep. 
your Palm Beach apartments. And we were just talking about how that apartment is just so solid because it will forever be a rental. So let's talk about certain, uh, like certain infrastructures, how they will forever just be a cash cow, like multifamilies. Great yes. So, so what's beautiful about Tallahassee is this, right? Yep. Is the per bedroom rental system. That is gold because that makes it so much easier as an investor to continue to increase your return. Right. So for example, right, you know, Right now, I think the average person is paying about six fifty to seven. I think for student housing, um, the average person is paying about seven fifty per bedroom. Right, that's on average. Yeah. Right, per bedroom. Per bedroom, not not, the, not, not per the house. house. <laughs> <laughs> per bedroom, yeah. right? So if you have a duplex, right? So let's just do the math, right? You have a duplex that has two two sides, and each side is three bedrooms and three bathrooms. That means you have six bedrooms, right? So six times you got your calculator. Let's pull that calculator out, man. Get some work in. Man. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Miss Down. So look, look at this: six times. Yep. Six times seven fifty. That's forty five hundred. Forty five hundred dollars a month, right? Yep. Now let's say let's say in let's say in five years that rent has increased to a thousand per bed, right? So now six times a thousand. Yep, six thousand. Six thousand a month, right? Yep. So what I'm saying is, at some point, somebody's going to be getting $6,000 a month off that one property. That's $72,000 a year. So how does that work when someone's paying down the, the loan of the house? Right. So so, so, so that, this is the other beautiful part, and this is why people are buying it, right? So right now, interest rates are high, yep. right? Which is, you know, it is what it is. So right now, that property is not cash flowing that much. But guess what? In two years, when interest rates, or however many years, in a few years when interest rates goes back down, you can refinance, right? So then the payment, check this out, check this out. Check it out, you guys. 350, right? Let's just use that 350 purchase price, right? If you refinance that 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 um, uh, that mortgage at a 2% or 3% rate, which which mortgages have been, now you're going to be talking about a payment of about $2,500 a month, right? Give or take, somewhere yeah. in that range, right? But you're going to be getting six grand a month in rent. You're clearing it, Great right? profit. It's going to be clearing almost three grand a month profit. Yeah. Right? You buy four of those, you're getting $12,000 a month. Right? Six figures a year and passive income. <laughs> exactly. Easy. Uh, easy. Just like that. So what I'm saying is that's what people do. That's why they're buying those because they know that, okay, it's tough right now, but when I refinance and the rent increases, so eventually my payment is going to drop, the rent is going to increase, and guess what? At the end of all this, I'm going to I'm gonna make all that money per month, and then at the end of it, I'm going to sell it for twice what I bought it for. Definitely a great return. You know, we talk about <clears throat> the pros of real estate. You know, I like to just tell people transparency. You know, real estate has both its pros and cons. So what's the cons? Because I know we talked about, you know, sometimes you may have a bad contract or we may overcharge you yep. and, um, the budget price and then you can't refinance out the loan and you got to bring money to closing. So, yeah. so let's talk about like, you know, those, those like that scary part of real estate people don't really know much about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a risky business, right? So there there's certainly a lot of risk. It requires a lot of money. I think that's one thing that I have to emphasize to people. Like, they don't understand how much money is involved in real estate, right? A lot. So a lot of times, you know, I, I kind of just forget because I'm just so used to it now. But, you know, it's nothing to spend 50000 60000 sometimes even 100000 in a week. Yeah. You know, just on repairs and doing this and keep upkeep and doing this and that. So, you know, you can spend a lot, a lot, a lot of money. So... It requires a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest risk. Um, then on top of that, if you don't know what you're doing, mm. right, and you're buying houses in the wrong areas, 
And also, if you're you're dealing with bad tenants, if you, especially if you want to be a landlord. Yeah. Um, now, we're gonna actually do some landlord boot camps and things like that, and talk about it. But you know, some people go the other route all the way, right? So some people be a, they are a landlord. Some people just get a property manager. Yeah. Right. So we can talk. We'll talk a little bit about the pros and cons. Yeah. Of let's, talk about, let's, talk about, let's talk about the property manager. Let's talk about everything from being a landlord yeah. to having a property manager. So on the landlord side of things, you know, I dealt with this. Like, you, you talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I dealt with this already. You see, now one of the properties that Mr. Daniels helped me um, grab you guys, the tenant, she hasn't paid in months. Um, recently got her out. She trashed the place. Mr. Daniels came in there today. He thought, you know, it was crazy in there. We thought, we didn't know what happened. But, you know, at that point, I had to take accountability because I'm like, at the end of the day, I can't just let this property go to ruin. But it was more money being spent. So have you ever dealt with a situation like that? Like, even though you want to be a great guy and be a great landlord, mm-hmm. how do you still emphasize and you know set those boundaries of this is business and we can't just let things slide all the time? That is the hardest part about being a landlord, which is why I don't want to be a landlord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's why I hire a property manager because you're right. I'm a human being. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, man, if they don't pay a month, it's all good. Or if they only pay half, you know, because, you know, you're a nice person. You're a human being. And especially when you know the person who you who you moved in. It's like maybe someone you knew, you liked them, you know, this, that, and the other. So a property manager removes you from that, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, this is a business, right? And then even for me now, I cannot do that because... You know, I'm investing with other people's money. Your time, like is, so, your time is calculated yeah, as well. Exactly, it's just not worth my time. You know, I'm traveling a lot, going international, other things like that. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I cannot manage my properties. The only way I, so I was completely, all my properties were completely managed by a manager, and then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Right, COVID got very real. A lot of property management companies went out of business because the only way they get paid is when people pay rent. A lot of people right? wasn't paying rent. <laughs> exactly. So. My tenants were actually still paying, but their situation was just tough, so I had to fire my property manager, long yeah. story short. Um, I've, I've, I'm very blessed that I was able to get a new property manager that does a great job. Um, and when I say it just changes, it changes the, my life, it changed my life. You know, I mean, I don't have to deal with anything. Um, you know, the, 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 the fee, uh, most property managers charge between 8 and 10%. Yep. Right. In my head, I, I, I calculated how much is my time worth, and it's worth way more than that. So I pay it. Definitely. So when you're doing, um, when you're vetting property managers and stuff like that, because I want to, before you get into the property management side of things, how do you even go about getting a property manager? And would you recommend someone even getting a property manager on their first house? Well, uh, it's, it's difficult. I, I, I would say try to be a property manager or try to be your own property manager at first. Be your yeah. own landlord. Depending on on who you are, right now, let's say so like 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 yourself, right, young guy, you know, just starting out, yeah, do it. But let's say you were like married, had a family. I don't know if I recommend you being a property manager and doing a landlord because you have so many things that you know are more important than changing a, a, a toilet or yeah, you know, going and asking for rent. No, you got you got a family, you got kids, you got stuff to do. Or let's say like you know you know you're like a lawyer, you got a very important trial coming up or case coming up, stuff like that. So what happens is when people who are really busy try to self-manage their properties, what ends up happening is they end up neglecting the property and they end up getting a really bad tenants. Right? That's exactly what happens. So I buy I buy a lot of properties from people like that who are like, man, I don't I don't want to I don't want these anymore because they get horrible tenants who aren't paying. Then they're too busy to evict them and kick them out. Or the tenant tenant is trashing and tearing up the property 
and they're too busy to follow up and make sure things are, are clean and okay. Wow. Um, so you really have to have that. So a property manager will do all that for you. For again, like I said, very little, very little funds. Okay. Can you um, touch briefly about some of the things the property management may do? Um, yeah. So the, so, 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 so the property manager will vet. They have their own system, right? Because you got to remember, they get paid based on how much the tenant pays. Yep. Right? So if the tenant doesn't pay, they don't get paid. So now they have the same interest that we have, right? Yeah, money. They want to make sure you get paid. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because they get paid a percentage of what I get paid. So it's literally, I, I have a partner now. I don't even look at it as like, they work for me. They're my partner yeah. because we're getting paid the same way. So if anything breaks in the apartment, they're going to call the property manager, right? And the property manager, depending on how I have things set up, they'll either just fix it themselves or they'll call me and say, hey, you know, do you want to send one of your guys out? Yeah. Right? Or if it's over a certain amount, they'll say, hey, look, this is something serious. You know, what's going to happen? And generally speaking, what they do is instead of you having to, like, write a check and come out of pocket, they'll fix the stuff for you and just take it out of the rent. Mm. So right. they prorated for you pretty much. Right, exactly. So they really floated for you. So everybody's like, oh, okay, you know, we owe you owe four hundred. When they pay rent, we'll take it out of the four hundred, no big deal. And that was that that keeps you from having to pump money back into the property, right? Which is something that a lot of people don't want to do. Like who wants to get a call like, hey, you know, you gotta spend five hundred dollars. You know, you gotta finish. nobody wants to get that phone call, right? At all. Uh, you know, so the property manager just takes it out of your rent and it makes it so much easier. They screen the tenants for you, they write your leases for you, they handle evictions for you. They handle everything from top to bottom. Like literally, uh, I don't have to do anything other than either give them my direct deposit information or my address for them to send my check. Yeah, and that's it. Is that a way for someone who can't necessarily? I'm not gonna say afford real estate, but a way to get into real estate without having to really, you know, um, do too much. If you want to be a property manager. Oh yeah, absolutely. Property managers are great. So we talked about we talked about um, uh, wholesaling. Yep. Property management is another way that a lot of young people get into real estate. Just a different bag. Can you talk about that? How much money could they make? How did yeah. they even get started? Yeah. So, so you know, you can charge 10%, uh, 10% or so of uh, management fee. So whatever rent is coming in per month, you get 10% of that. Plus, sometimes you can get either one, one the whole first month rent or half of the first month's rent. Do they keep that? You, you can keep that as a property manager, okay. right? That's, that's what you're getting paid for your time. Yeah. Right? And then, like I said, every cost, you're not paying for the cost. The tenant's paying for it or the owner's paying for it. So you're really just setting up a system to make sure you take care of everything. Okay. So so before I had a formal property management company, I used to pay people that. So I would say, look, man, just go collect. I don't want to, like, you know, it, it sounds silly sometimes, but sometimes you're just so busy. I don't want to go down to the house and, and collect the rent from people. Just a right? headache. It's just another thing, like, whether well, they're going to have excuse, all this. So I just send people down there. Y'all, go, You go get the rent. And then whatever you bring me back, I'm going to give you 10% of that, all right? So they'll drive around, and they'll deal with the excuses, oh, I got it tomorrow, I'm going to come at 9 o'clock instead of 8 o'clock, and all that type of stuff, and that's how they got their money. So, But that teaches you a lot about people and learning how, okay, who you can see type of reliable people and unreliable people. Right. Um, and then also just dealing with the day-to-day of managing the property. So property management is a great way also to get into real estate. We talked about wholesale. We talked about property management. Now let's talk about a little bit about, because we was about to talk about the property management, but you kind of gave us the whole 360 about it. Let's talk about a little bit um, about syndicators. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the syndicators. For for you guys who don't know, um, we're actually having a flyer and program come out for real estate syndicators. Um, a little briefly about what syndicators are. There are those personnel professionals who actually help raise capital for any businesses or any startups. So particularly we're using this um, syndicators for real estate. So 
can you just tell everybody out there um, what possibly could a real, what does a real estate syndicator does, um, and how could we get them more involved in working with Smart Capital? Absolutely. So, so real estate real estate syndicators are people who raise money for real estate deals. Yeah. Right. So let's say, for example, you don't have any real estate deals yourself, but you know you want to get involved in a deal. So what you can do is you can just raise money. Right. So you might say, well, how am I going to do that? Well, you know, a lot of people know people who have money. Right. So let's say you work, I don't know, in a law firm or engineering firm or someplace, a doctor's office. You're you're cool with a lot of people who earn a lot of money. Right. Right. You know, you work at a golf course. You meet a lot of people, well to do people. And, you know, you just come to them and say, hey, you know, could possibly any of you guys be interested in real estate or do you know anybody who's interested in real estate? You know, no, no hard sales, anything like that. You don't have to do any type of hard selling. Just say, hey, you know, would you possibly be interested in some some real estate? Yeah. Or do you know someone who's interested in real estate? And they'll just say yes or they'll say no, right? Then you all you would do is just essentially introduce those people to us, mm. right? Like I said, you don't have to sell anything. All you're doing is introducing, yep. right? Because they say, okay, the person trusts you, and then they see that, okay, you rock with us. So really all you're doing is really just transferring the trust from person to person, right? Um, and just making introductions. And a lot of people start off start off that way, and that's how they're able to get in on bigger deals, is by helping to raise money. Yeah. So let's say, for example, I'm like, hey, you know, we got a deal. We need four hundred thousand. Okay. Uh, you know, Mo, you want to be in on the deal? I I can give you a percentage of the deal, but I need you to bring a hundred thousand to the table. Yep. You might say, well, I don't got a hundred thousand, right? But you can go out and raise a hundred thousand from investors, and still and split your piece of the equity with them, or however you want to negotiate it. And now you can be in on a bigger deal. So syndicators are pretty much the middleman. Essentially, right. The middleman, right? So they're people who are... But remember, you're solving two problems, Yep. right? So a lot of times, what, what makes people think real estate syndication is difficult is because they think that asking people that they're asking people for money. Yeah. Right? You're not asking someone for begging. money. You're not begging. Yeah, you're not begging. You're not for no begging. Money. You're not asking from, from someone for money. You're solving their problem, right? Believe it or not, I know this sounds crazy. But some people's problem is they have too much money and nothing to do with it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> now, that's a good problem to have. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> great problem. That's a great problem to have. You know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of people like that, right? So just, just think about it like this, right? Let, let's say you make $40,000 a month, right? Uh, what are you going to do with all that money, right? You, if you're like someone who's not like flashy, yeah. going to the club, buying, you know, golden aces, going crazy, and just, you know, Versace, game. Gucci. Like if you're not, you're just a regular. Guy, you make 40, 50 grand a year or 100 grand a month, right? 40, 50 grand a month, right? Or 100 grand a month, right? You have tons of money. There's people who have hundreds of thousands, some people even millions of dollars just sitting in the bank, right? Do you feel like they don't really know anybody who they could trust with the money because that's, it. that's, that's, that's all that, it is? That's what I'm saying. That's what it is. So just imagine. So think about this. Uh, this, this, is what, this is what I want to explain to you, right? Let's say you have a million dollars sitting in the bank, Right? And inflation has been about 9% for the last two years, right? So that's 18% inflation over the last two years, right? What is 18% of a million? That's $180,000, right, that you lost. Oh, my gosh, on the mill. Right. Versus if you took that million and invested in real estate, real estate is up 56% over the last two years. So do you feel like a lot of people may not know people who do real estate or may not trust they people don't. who do real estate? Right. They don't know. They, they, maybe that they don't trust, they just don't know. 
So what I'm saying, the syndicator is the person who introduces them to someone. People always want to invest in real estate. Yeah. They just don't know anybody, right? And then also, this is the other thing that, 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 that people don't realize is that most people won't allow regular people, and when I say regular people, they won't allow individuals to invest in their real estate projects, Yeah. right? They only deal with other investment funds, institutional, what we call institutional money, family offices, people with who can Bigger write- capital. Right, big capital. People who can write a $4 million check, right? Big companies not coming to you asking for no $10,000, $20,000, right? So what a lot of people, what a lot of people don't don't understand is that, you know, they don't really have a, they don't have access to those type of investments. Those investments are reserved for people with a lot more money than you, right? So what syndicators are able to do is actually help people who couldn't get into these bigger investments, get into investments with different with, with operators who will actually take their money. So right. opportunity zones, pretty much like creating an opportunity zone for yep. your money. Exactly, exactly, literally. So it's creating an opportunity that you would not normally have to get you a better return than you would have of your money just sitting in the bank. Right. You taught me how to be a syndicator. You know, you told me, hey, listen, Moist, if you could do this and this and this, you could just raise this money. I'll give you this percentage. I went ahead and did it. And then I did it in other industries. I'm like, the foundation of everything is just be able to speak to people. Right. But I do feel like for you, when you met a lot of people who were very successful in the past, how did you meet them? Outside of like you know networking events, did you just go up to bars and just randomly make a conversation? How can someone get involved with someone who who has money? So first of all, you have to learn how to recognize people who have money, right? And we're taught that wrong, right? So we think that the person who has money is gonna have the big chain, yeah, right. Far from be, it, right? He's gonna have the Rolex. He's gonna <laughs> have the, this guy might be in the, uh, the anything, you know what I'm saying? He might be in the Toyota Corolla. He might be in sweatpants. He might be in you know. Frankly, a dirty T-shirt, whatever you know. Yeah. There's just regular people, right? I mean, I, I can't emphasize that enough. But it's about going to the right type of places, yeah. right? So charity events, right? Um, any type one. of like you know, nice you know, up upscale places, marathons, little little uh, golfing events. Um, there's so many different examples, you know. Um, just events where people usually have to have some sort of fee to get in, right? Because what people like, what, what, what people once you become successful, what you want to do is you want to be in an environment that's pre-screened, like exclusive, right? Exclusive, yeah. right? I don't want to be walking in a room where I don't know who's going to be at the type. Of person <laughs> See a you ski mask in the corner. Right, 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 right. right. You're like, ah, no, you know what I'm <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, because it's going to be it's not your environment, right? Yeah. So you know, okay, if, I, if I'm at an event and you know the tickets were one fifty to get in, I know what type of person is going to be there. Yeah, right. You know, whoever paid one fifty to, to have a dinner. There's going to be somebody who's serious about whatever, right? Conferences, other things like that, right? So you have to learn how to pay your way into these groups, right? And that's what we talked about, you know, with our mentorship program, right? Yep. That's the probably, there's so many benefits of the mentorship, but the biggest benefit of the mentorship is being a part of a community, right? Because now you're part of a community of people who are willing to invest in themselves, yeah, right? The average person is not, right? So the average person will laugh at you and ridicule you for investing in yourself. But then when you get in that network, you're going to realize that all the successful people, that's what they do. That's all they've been doing this whole time. The whole time. They pay they pay to get into rooms with people who they want to be around. Yeah. Right? That's just, I mean, I don't know how, how, how else to say it, right? So you're pretty much paying to network. You're, paying, not, for, you're paying for the experience and pay, to network. Yeah. You're paying for access. So let's, I'll just use the an connects. example, right? The 10X conference, yeah. right? I went to the 10X conference in uh, Las Vegas a couple weeks ago, right? Who, who um, Who's the host of 10X? If you so, t- yeah, so, so the 10X conference, for people who don't know, is Grant Cardone. Um, you know, a, a real estate investor, sales trainer, does a lot of great, great things. Um, 
So what I'm saying is the value, of course, of course you listen to him, you listen to the speakers, but the real value of the conference is the fact that you're in a room with 5,000 other people who thought enough of themselves to be able to invest over $1,000 in themselves. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So what type of person has enough money to buy a $1,000 ticket, fly to Las Vegas, pay for a hotel just to better themselves? Right? Someone who's on the ground. Someone who's going to be successful, right? Yeah, very much on so top. So you, do you think from that conference you can meet an investor, you can meet a, a partner, you can meet this? That's what you do, right? So what I'm saying is going to these conferences are great ways to meet people. So let's say you say, you know, uh, Dr. Dance, I don't have that type of money right now. Find one that's in your city. Yeah. Right? So it's still, the, the ticket might be a little high, but you don't have to travel. You don't have to pay for a hotel. You don't have to do all that. So that cuts down the cost dramatically. So even if you have to spend three or $400, you know, to buy to buy a ticket, you're still, you're still in the room with people who are willing to invest with themselves. And what you'll find is that the quality of people in those rooms is dramatically better than any type of free or like non-paid type events. I definitely agree. When you guys go to these um, events, um, I got to get some business cards as well. I'm just getting some drafted up, but you know, um, I'm a very big person on just like leaving, you know, um, some type of physical evidence with the with the person. Because most people, hey, your name is Dr. Daniels. You may tell me, but I may walk away and forget. Yep. And you give me your business cards. I'm like, hey, this is the guy I met at the conference. Let me give him a call. So what other ways could you stand out if, because there's 5,000 people there, right. right? So how could you stand out to someone who is going to, of course, run into 100 other people and you gave them a business card, but how could you say, I want to work with this guy particularly because what, what will make you work with somebody who, after you just you know, met three, 400 people at a conference. Their story, right? So tell me a story, right? Tell me your story, yeah. right? And sell me not only your opportunity, but sell me on you, Yeah. right? Why should I want to rock with you? Why should I want to do business with you? What is it about you that makes me want to know you? Yeah. That makes me want to be around you, right? And that's unique to everyone, right? So, you know, just depending on where you are in life. Like you might, let's just say, for example, you're young. They might remember, oh, that was, that was a young guy at the conference. I remember him. He's young and hungry. Let, 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 me, let me help him out, right? Yeah. Or let me work with him, right? Or, you know, you might have been one of the few black people in the room. Oh, that was the, you know, the African-American guy. Let's, let's work with him, you know, whatever. Or one of the only women in the room. Oh, that's that young lady, you know, the, the lady da, 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 who's doing real estate. So whatever, whatever is kind of unique about you, learn how to play that up, yeah. right? And learn how to tell your story and connect with people and make them want to do something with you because at the end of the day, you know, you could spend your money with anyone. You could do business with anyone, but people want to do business with people who they like, know, and trust. Exactly. So that that's the key to the whole equation. I want to be a great testimony, um, testimony to that because you just say tell the story. You know, you know about my situation when I just graduated college. I talk about this all the time. Slept on the air mattress for five months, right. and in the meantime, I was just grinding, working with you, just learning how to buy the real estate. Then we got a few properties up on our belt. So I want to thank you for that. You know, sure. um, but other than that, like. We want to talk about how could someone even, you know, we talked about the wholesale, we talked about the property management, we talked about the syndicators. So let's just talk about what you do now, what you're focusing on, real estate development, building new construction. Tell us why is that so important, why you're just focusing on that and then kind of, you know, leaving everything else to, you know, for everybody else to eat on, if that makes sense. Sure. So, you know, now, now, you know, at some point, you know, every, everyone has, you have a choice, right? You can, you can elevate or you can you you can scale and keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over, right? Yeah. So I can say, okay, look, I flipped you know seven houses last year. Let me flip seven hundred, or let me flip a hundred, whatever. Or I can say, you know what? Let me instead of flipping houses, let me just build some apartments, right? And and so for me, you know, my, my thing is, I felt like building building and creating your own inventory is really ultimately where you want to go. Yeah. Right. Because now I'm in control of my own destiny. 
All I got to do is find a piece of land and I can build whatever I want right there instead of having to go out and find stuff that's not there, right? So Tallahassee in particular, so in my market, let me say that, in Tallahassee, there's a shortage of inventory. Okay. And right? when, when you say short of in- inventory, are you saying houses? Are you saying student houses? Uh, everything. There's a shortage of everything. But in particular, one of the biggest shortages is in student housing, right? Okay. So for the last two years, FAMU has having, been having to put people in hotels. They've, ha- they're having to reject people. FAMU is rejecting thousands and thousands of people every semester because they don't have any place to put them. And why is that? What just happened to FAMU? They could just shed some light on that um, that they actually, you know, telling people we can't accept you. What's going on in FAMU with the housing? Right. There's, there's just too many people. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not it's not anything like it's good. You know, it's just that, you know, HBCUs have been hot lately. Right. So everybody's like on that wave right now. Like, you know, with, 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 uh, when Dion was at Jackson State, yep. just kind of just piped everything up when it comes to HBCU. So a lot of people started applying after the George Floyd situation, Black Lives Matter. It got people back on that HBCU waves and made HBCUs back trendy. Yeah. Right. So now it's a very, very trendy thing that a lot of people want to apply. So now, you know, we, we have so many people applying who want to come to HBCUs, but we don't have enough housing to house them, right? The reason now, what's interesting about it is this, right? Is that on, you know, in Tallahassee, you know, you have family and you have Florida State. So near Florida State, you have a lot of student housing developments popping up everywhere, 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 everywhere. You, you drove through College Town, you saw it, right? Yeah, yeah. But you don't see that same thing happening near FAMU's campus even though FAMU's campus, FAMU's population is growing just as fast, right? So, you know, that's why I decided to get into the housing is because there's such a need for it, right? So now we're going to start building bigger. And then also one of the things I like about building bigger is that now there's opportunities for a lot more investors to participate, right? And that's what we, this what then we can start creating real generational wealth, right? Yeah. I, sometimes I hate that word because people like put it out there so much, but like, Real generational wealth, meaning that I'm going to build a building that's going to be here for generations to come, right? So when I build a 50-unit, you know, five-story, 100-unit, five-story building, it's going to be there for hundreds of years, right? Hundreds, yeah. That's generations, right? Not some house is going to fall apart, you know, or whatever, da, da, da. Like, this is going to be there for a long time. So people who are invested in that, literally for generations to come, they're going to always have residual income for their family. Is that something you recommend everybody get into um, when they get into real estate, like herp and build new construction, or you just rather them start off with like single families and then getting their feet wet? But you said times are changing right now. So what's the best way for someone to herp and get in and scale in as fast as possible? Right. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's hard. You can't really generalize based on markets. So right now, building is, is good. We, America has a shortage of 4 million houses. Yeah. Right? So you can't lose by building, right? Because we need houses, Right. Tallahassee has a shortage of 12,000 apartments, right? 12,000, so you guys. We need 12,000 more apartments before 2030. Is that units or is that buildings? That's apartment units. Apartment units. Okay. Yeah, apartment units, right? So 12,000 apartments, units, not necessarily bedrooms. Okay. Right? So that's a lot, right? Uh, the state of Florida, just in general, for people who are you know in other cities, needs over close to a million, right, of uh, units before 2030, and there's no way they're going to get built, right? Yeah. So what I'm saying is there's an opportunity, there's such a demand for it, and there's a lot of funding and financing out there for it. So for people who, who want to get into building, who are afraid or concerned, this is a great time to get into it because the demand is so high. Do you feel like you need a type of knowledge to become a developer, or what's the foundation of being a developer? Because, you know, you, you're teaching me how to be a developer, but I'm 
more so just really focusing on the bird strategy right now until we get into land development. So what's the foundation of being a developer? So like so the foundation is, is, is the same thing we talked about when it comes to supply and demand, right? Or demand, right? So I know that, hey, people want this product, right? I know people want to live here. I know why they want to live here. So I know what to create, right? Now, development has a lot more to it. It's a lot more challenging because you're, you're talking about a several multi-year um, time frame yep. of, of getting it done. So, for example, like let's say, so we talked about the, the project, you know, near uh, Main Street. You know, it might take three or four years to do it. Yeah. Right. You know, or even a project, we, some other projects we talked about, it takes several years. So you have to understand what where are things going. Right. So understanding the market, where the market trends are going. Um, and also, you know, having a great design and a great design team is very critical. So being a developer, you would just say is the person who oversees everything after you mastered the foundation of real estate. That's when you get to the Exactly. Okay. So now once you become a developer, that means that you're literally you're 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 the one who does everything. Yeah. You come up with the plan. You hire the team to execute the plan. You raise the money for the plan. You do everything, right? So you are the the backbone of the entire operation. Right? So that's the highest level of real estate is when, once you become a developer. Because now you're creating something from, from scratch or you're taking something and totally recreating it. Yeah. Um, you know, renovations, creating new land developments. And I had my first actually development um, gig in Atlanta. We talked about that. You know, you kind of walked me through everything I needed to do. Um, not to get bucked on the labor costs. You yeah. know, just knowing how much <laughs> things cost. Yeah, yeah. You know, just little things. You were just making sure I, I stayed on point. The same thing you taught me in Tallahassee. I had to replicate it in Atlanta, but yep. that's the foundation of real estate. You could do anywhere. So um, what are some things that you would rather somebody work on now today, like some books, if you could recommend that people could look into some podcasts, some YouTube, or, you know, how could they even get better? You know, just a general knowledge of this real estate outside of Mr. Danny's. Right. So I, I was definitely check out Mike Ely. Okay. Um, he's a great, really solid investor from Cincinnati. Um, Nate Berger. He's also a good one. Um, Peter Harris. Very, very good on the commercial real estate side. Um, uh, I'm gonna think of a couple, couple of them. I want to say bigger pockets. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely bigger pockets is a really good, a really good podcast. Um, man, there's so many, so many it's different ones out there. A lot of them. So you know, th- th- this this was beautiful about like this day and age. There's plenty of information, right? But what what I always say is just make sure you know you you screen and you vet out who you listen to. Yeah. Right. Don't not, not to say that you know you you should or should not listen to you should listen to whoever, but make sure they're qualified and they know what they're talking about. Right? And they're and make sure they're the experienced and they're actually doing it. There's a lot of scammers out here. There's a lot of people who don't know what they're talking about who are just shouting out buzzwords over and over and over, but they're shouting it so <laughs> loud and so <laughs> exciting that it gets views. You yep. know what I'm saying? So if I'm in here, ah, ah, ah you know, it, it, it's visually appealing. Yeah, it's entertaining. Right? So it's entertaining, like right? So actually, there's actually this this and this is so funny, right? There are actually people who say stop educating people and just entertain them, right? And entertaining people is actually the way to make more money than educating them. Because content drives, you know, people like that type of right. stuff. They want to be entertained, right? Yeah, sadly, but what I'm saying is that's not what our job is. Our job <laughs> yeah. is not to entertain you, right? So we can we can entertain you off later on, like afterwards. You want to go hang out? We can do that. Yeah. But in this podcast and, and what we're doing now, we want to educate you, right? So maybe it's not as exciting as someone else. And <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I, w- I want you to win, right? Yeah. And I know that if if you if you listen to the principles that we lay out and you follow the strategies that we talk about, you're gonna be successful, right? I'm not gonna. I don't want to sell anybody dreams because 
I want your dreams to actually come true. Yeah. You got to put the work in, too, you guys. That's the biggest thing. I know Mr. Daniels, he always told me, you put the work in, you're going to see exactly how you're going to ball later. You know, it's not rocket science. You put the work in, you ball. Mr. Daniels is about to go out the country. He goes out the country every every <laughs> two, three months. So I've seen that. I was like, man, I don't want to be at the house. You know, I'm going out the country um, real soon as well. So just following behind people who are actually doing what you want to do in life, you have to get in that circle, you guys. But, you know, just a circle back to the mentorship program. You know, we also have a, cap, a financing um, side of that too. Can you talk a little bit about that for right. those who can't really know? Sure. So one thing I've always said, and I've said this from from day one, I never want money to keep anyone from learning. Right. Right. Never. Right. So if someone really wants to learn and they're really dedicated, we're gonna make sure we get them in the program. Right. So what I was able to find find was a financing program. Right. So that financing can be used to pay for your mentorship. It can be used for other things as well. So we have lenders who are willing to work with us. So. Let's not let money stop you from doing it, right? No if you excuses. really want to learn, we're going to get you financed, right? We'll get you financed. We'll get you in a program that you can pay for. And then w- w- once you uh, exit on your first property, you'll be able to pay it off. Yeah. And we just talk about, you know, this the, the mentorship is two-on-one, you know, me and you. But, of right. course, you're going to be bringing some other, you know, very knowledgeable people into the in the area as well. But building that community is what pe- they're essentially paying for. You know, right. you being a mentee, you're not only getting Mr. Daniels, not only getting Mr. Moist, you're not only getting whoever Mr. Daniels bring into the, you know, the whole program, but you're also getting, hey, if I ask Mr. Daniels a question on a Saturday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he may not know it, but he know a contractor who may have yep. the question, he's able to refer you. So is that pretty much the dynamic of what we're trying to do for this mentorship program? Right. We want, to, we, we want to create a community. We don't want anyone to have to walk alone, right? I remember having to walk alone. I remember them days, bro. It was not easy. Yeah. I took a lot of L's. I lost a lot of money. I lost, wasted a lot of time, right? If I, if I would have had someone like me when I was younger... I would be a lot further ahead than I am now, right? So that's why we want to reach back, or not even reach necessarily reach back. It doesn't have to be younger or older, but that's why we want to reach out to as many people as possible to say, look, if you're ready to get in real estate and you want to learn the right way, right? You want to do it the right way from the beginning, right? The disciplined way, the way it's going to make you a real millionaire, the way it's going to make you have residual income for the rest of your life, we're going to teach you that. Right. And that's what we do. So, um, you know, and then we don't allow financing or money to be an impediment because we have financing programs for everything that we have. Exactly. We don't want no we don't want money to be a factor at all. We want everything to be like, yes, no, I'll do it. You feel me? So exactly. that's how, exactly where we're going. But just to, um, before we wrap this up, Mr. Daniels, talk about just, you know, the whole overall dynamic of, you know, your whole purpose in real estate, trying to get more people into real estate. Like, why is why is that such a big why in your life at this point in time? Because I know I know how powerful it is, right? Real estate is so powerful, and it and it doesn't take much, right? And this this is what I keep telling people: if you walk walk down any street, right, there may be 20, 30, 40, 50 houses on one street, yep. right. If you just own five, ten of them, you're a millionaire, right? You're set for life. Yeah. So it really doesn't take much, right? Real estate is the easiest what I call high value skill to learn, right? So, you know, for example, for most people to become a millionaire, you have to learn how to be like a lawyer or like a doctor. You know how hard it is to be a doctor? Five, ten years. Like, 20 years of school, all this type. You know, that's it's very It's difficult. cool for some people. Right. But that's very, very challenging, right? Yeah. To be an aerospace engineer or like, you know, or to be a professional basketball player, professional football player. What I'm saying is I see real estate agents or real estate, real estate investors who make more money than those people with way less education. So what I'm saying is, Real estate is an equalizer, right? For those for those people who may may or may not have the opportunity to go to fancy schools or, you know, get, you know, master's degrees, PhDs and JDs and all those type of stuff. It's a chance for someone like that to still be able to live the American dream. Yeah. 
and especially for African Americans or you know people of color, women, other people who are who have been historically you know disadvantaged, it's a great opportunity to be able to show you the lifestyle that you could live, right? Because a lot of people haven't been exposed to that type of lifestyle. So getting involved in real estate is a great way to improve improve your situation to create real generational wealth for yourself and your family and just make a difference in the community as well. Definitely, definitely. You shed, you just shed everything, Ms. Daniels. You gave us everything from the gems from A to Z. You know, we usually charge for this, you know, right. so you guys are getting this for free. Um, but, you know, we do something. We I'm just going to be the last thing before I wrap it up. Sundays, you know, what happens every Sunday with us? You know, what do we do on Sundays? Yeah. So, Every Sunday we go live, so just check us out. Was it seven? Seven, seven o'clock. Yeah. Seven o'clock every Sunday we go live. We talk about real estate. We don't hold anything back, right? So a lot of times, you know, people get on live and they're like, "Oh, well, buy this, buy yeah. that." <laughs> nah, whatever you ask, you ask me. Whatever you ask me within that hour, I'm gonna answer it. Free, you know what I'm saying for the free, right? So Sunday at seven p.m., uh, you can follow us back. Follow us on Instagram. My my Instagram is Chris Daniels eighteen eighty seven. My name is Billinor underscore Moist. Um, yeah, I think that's my name. Billionaire <laughs> underscore moist. <laughs> you know, that's a brain fart a little bit. But yeah, Chris Daniels, eighteen eighty seven. Billionaire underscore moist. You know, usually with you would just see us tag each other and all the posts. Like I said, Mister Daniels is my mentor. I work with him a lot on partnership deals, and he just always teaches me. But you know, my biggest thing before I close this podcast, I just want all everybody out there from any age group, any ethnicity out there, to just really give us a call, DM us. You know, we about to have the link in our bio. The flyers will be posted this week as well, so you guys just tune in. You know, make that leap of faith. You know, you have a great person, Mister Daniels. Who's not only going to hold your hand, but he's also going to introduce you to other thought-provoking things in life that could teach you a lot more about finance and real estate. So, um, anything else you got to say to the to the people, Mister Down, before we wrap this up? No, I'm just excited. I'm excited to help people start their journey. So, just reach out, DM me, shoot me a text, whatever, and let's get to work. Definitely sounds good, you guys. Check us out, um, at next time I roll the business podcast and smart capital conversations. That's good, yeah. That's going to be a whole YouTube channel. Right, it's long. <laughs> I appreciate it, appreciate it.